King, you have summoned me. What is it? Take this here vibranium to the Brother Miles as a gift from the people of Wakanda. Go and bring him the vibranium mic. He will use it wisely. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's absolutely nothing. What did you do before you were named a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have there? Ask Professor Maurice Miles Martinez, MC Brother Miles, and he'll tell you like it really is. You can shackle the hands of black people. You can jail the bodies of black people. But you cannot shackle or jail the minds of black people. Rise up, black man, black woman, and reach to go back to Africa. My father was a Garveyite. Thus, Marcus Garvey can be thought of as my grandfather. But when you say, I've read in... Dr. Ben's book, or I've read in Dr. Ivan Van Sertima's book, or I've read in Professor Maurice Miles Martinez's book, they say, don't speak that information in here. Brothers and sisters, speak your truth to the world. Brother Miles, the black man's truth is here. The Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. History is a clock that people use to tell their political, economic, and cultural time of day. Brother Miles, the relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. Free at last and proud to be black. One day, Miles, will be free at last. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast, the place where black history, hip-hop, and spoken word come together. I'm your host, Maurice Miles Martinez, also known as MC Brother Miles. At the end of each podcast, we have an original spoken word poetry or hip-hop track by myself. Many people have heard of the Democratic Republic of the Congo in the context of a modern-day conflict zone, but don't understand the origin of why it is this way. At the Berlin Conference in 1884-1885, which was also called the Congo Conference, European powers got together to divide up the African continent. King Leopold II called the continent a magnificent African cake. The statement by Leopold comparing Africa to a cake was more than just a metaphor. While other European nations sliced Africa into colonies that cut across ethnic lines, many of these colonies were seized by false treaties and at gunpoint. The Gambia was perhaps the most glaring example of this disregard for African national boundaries. Seized by the British from 1821 to 1965, the Gambia was cut along the Gambia River and resulted in a country 300 miles long, but with only 15 to 30 miles of land on each side of the river. The way that historians judge people is typically by the measure of their day. So someone in that day has to speak against a person like King Leopold II in order to judge him. Believe it or not, this is how historians judge people. So King Leopold II killed between 11 million and 20 million Congolese people. How do we know this? A census was conducted before and after Leopold implemented his regime and entire cities and villages were gone when Roger Casement produced a report on the region. 
Was Leopold II aware of the brutal techniques being used to force Africans to assist him with this scheme? Europeans had not fully supported his venture, but to be sure, had anyone let Leopold know that what he was doing was a crime and a threat to human life in the Congo? Even Leopold himself had publicly opposed the inhumane treatment of enslaved Africans. Could he have conceived of the brutalities that his agents were carrying about upon his private estate? And this was his private property that he took as the Congo Free State. A letter was written to Leopold II in 1890 which provides an answer to these questions. Quote, I have the honor to submit for your majesty's consideration some reflections respecting the independent state of the Congo based upon a careful study and inspection of the country and character of the personal government you have established upon the African continent. Every charge which I'm about to bring against your majesty's personal government in the Congo has been carefully investigated. There were instances in which Mr. H.M. Stanley sent one white man with four or five Zanzibar soldiers to make treaties with native chiefs. The staple argument was that the white man's heart had grown sick of the wars and rumors of war between one chief and another, between one village and another. That the white man was at peace with his black brother and desired to confederate all African tribes for the general defense and public welfare. All of the sleight of hand tricks had been carefully rehearsed and he was now ready for his work. A number of electric batteries had been purchased in London, and when attached to the arm under the coat, communicated with a band of ribbon which passed over the palm of the white brother's hand. And when he gave the black brother a cordial grasp of the hand, the black brother was greatly surprised to find his white brother so strong that he nearly knocked him off his feet in giving him the hand of fellowship. When the native inquired about the disparity of strength between himself and his white brother, he was told that the white man could pull up trees. Next came the lens act. The white brother took from his pocket a cigar, carelessly bit off the end, held his glass to the sun, and complacently smoked his cigar to the great amazement and terror of his black brother. The white man explained his intimate relation to the sun and declared that if he were to request him to burn up his black brother's village, it would be done by such means as these, too silly and disgusting to mention, and a few boxes of gin. Whole villages have been signed away to your majesty. The labor system is radically impractical. These recruits are transported under circumstances more cruel than cattle in European countries. Your majesty's government has been and is now guilty of waging unjust cruel wars against natives. In such slave hunting raids, one village is armed by the state against the other. So there's the evidence from the historical record. King Leopold II knew what he was doing. He knew he was committing genocide in his Central African colony of the Congo. So we can judge King Leopold II by this letter which I just read to you from George Washington Williams. King Leopold II had come from Belgium and he had met with other European powers to convince them to give him the Congo as his personal property at the Berlin Conference. George Washington Williams was an African-American minister and he carefully pointed out how the Congo was taken. Now I have to say that not all Africans would have believed that the lens or battery trick was real. This was a local example from Central Africa cited by George Washington Williams. Remember that some groups in Central Africa were so highly technical that they were doing things like performing cesarean sections with antiseptics before antiseptics were known in Europe. 
It depends on the local area of the continent and the particular village or city that they were dealing with. Also, the person who was doing this was Henry Morton Stanley, and he was an explorer who went into the Congo with rifles. So many of these tricks went hand in hand with outright killing by Stanley. Now, regardless of these tricks, such as the lens or cigar trick, did King Leopold's men burn up the villages? The answer is, yes, they did. Roger Casement made a report on the Congo in which he provided data and photographic evidence of what was occurring there. Roger Casement was from Great Britain, and he showed that the villages were ultimately destroyed under the leadership of King Leopold II. Now there was an order given by the Belgians to save bullets, and so they had to provide evidence every time a bullet was used. So if they used a bullet, they had to show that they didn't miss or use it for some other purpose, and that it had been used to take a human life. So they started severing the hands of Congolese people, including children, while they were alive. And they provided the hands as evidence of a bullet that was used. And I've documented all of this in my book, The Real Vibranium of Africa. To add insult to injury, chocolates made during the writing of The Real Vibranium of Africa in 2019, which was officially published in 2020, from Belgium, in the shape and color of African hands, these chocolates have been made for many years to honor King Leopold II. Under his reign, the hands of men, women, and children were cut off to force more rubber to be produced in the Congo. Roger Casement places the minimum number of people killed in the Congo at 11 million people. And this estimate has also been as high as 20 million people. The political disregard for human life and other foreign interventions in the Congo started a trajectory in the Congo of political instability that has lasted until modern times. So anytime you hear someone mention the Congo, ask them, have you heard of King Leopold II? And do you know what he did? As always, we conclude the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast with an original spoken word poetry or hip-hop track by myself, Maurice Miles Martinez, MC Brother Miles. King Leopold wrote a sad Central African note that choked the necks of the Congolese folk to the point that he broke the kinfolk, so I had to write this that I wrote to uncloak this Belgian king's poison oak that 20 million human lives did revoke. A trade in rubber in the Congo Free State where mothers were locked and chained and children lost their hands maimed, leaving history stained with that which ran from their veins as King Leopold reigned unconstrained on our pain. Coming forth from the Congo Free State was a fake name for slavery's hate to make the Congolese forcibly donate at a free rate their resources to King Leopold's estate. Let's end all debate. It does not indicate that this was meant to enrich the plate as it moderated Congolese magistrates and the people it did mutilate. But George Washington Williams 
did yes expose King Leopold's dastardly code to foreclose on the Congolese valuable rubber with brutalized treaties and electrified political code, electrified batteries in this yet long span, in this modern plan, they are still selling Belgian chocolate, Congolese hands. Thank you for listening to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. If you like listening to this podcast, you can now support it by becoming a direct supporter of the weekly podcast. You can donate at the $4.99 level, and if you don't have as much money, you can support it for as little as $1 per month. Please click the link at the end of the description on my podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. The link will take you to my Anchor.fm podcast page, which is powered by Spotify. If you scroll down on my Anchor.fm page, you will see a button which says support. Anyone who supports at the $9.99 level monthly, I will send you an autographed copy of my book, The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark versus Herman Cain, if you email me. If you support me at the $9.99 level, you will need to email me the address that you want the book sent to at Martinez at gmail.com and I will send you an autographed copy of my book. Again, that email is Martinez at gmail.com M-A-U-R-I-C-E-M-I-L-E-S-M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z at gmail.com, all one word. And I will send you an autographed copy of the book if you support me again at the $9.99 level. You can also pick a copy of my books up on Amazon, The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark vs. Herman Cain, The Great Wall of Africa, The Empire of Benin's 10,000-mile-long wall, and The Real Vibranium of Africa, which is also under the name The Wakandas, Real Vibranium of Africa, by myself, Maurice Miles Martinez. I have some new books coming out soon, and I will keep you updated. Thank you again for listening to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast, and I will speak with you next week.